0: all right, go to John chapter 3 tonight. Father, I thank you again for your word. I thank you for the revelation of the authority and power that you placed on the inside of us. Father, we thank you that revelation has come now when we don't have to tolerate a lot of things that we've been tolerating in our life, but we have authority and power over those in our situations. We thank you for the ability, not only the ability but how to use that ability, the wisdom that you give us of how to how to make it happen, when to resist, when to go forward thank you for revealing to us the will your will in every situation so that we can fight the good fight of faith i thank you tonight for further revelation in every heart that is here and i thank you for it in jesus name and everybody said Amen. all right john's gospel chapter three we've been studying authority you all by now know that you have authority your main purpose for being here on the earth is to have authority exercise authority and the power of god is already in you to back up your authority Many of the things that we've tolerated like worry and fear and doubt in our lives, we no longer have to do that. There's no excuse for it because God has given you the ability to resist those things in Jesus' name and walk basically in the power of God. All right, John chapter 3, look at verse 1. It says, "'There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, "'Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God.' For no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see or understand the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man or a woman be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Now notice here it's talking about the born again experience that most of us have heard about in the church for a long time. But notice it doesn't say anything about getting born again and going to heaven here. It talks about you getting born again and entering the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is basically the government of God which then takes rulership over your life. And the more you yield to the kingdom of God and its rulership the more you will walk like you're walking in a supernatural realm. The Spirit of God gives us the experience of the new birth. It is basically our entrance into the kingdom of God. Through this miracle the sinner instantly becomes a saint. The Bible says that this way you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things, thank God, pass away and all things become new. Praise God. At the same time you were delivered from the power or the authority of darkness and you were translated into God's kingdom. The miracle of the new birth takes place in an instant... However, the outward transformation is a process over your whole life's time. The child of God grows as they are renewed in knowledge and wisdom through the Word of God. Let me just say this, no word, no change. If you find people who are born again and not in the Word of God, they are not changing at all. They're basically just born again, waiting to go to heaven, not walking in what God has made available to them. Prior to the new birth, we were groomed to live in the natural world. We've become accustomed to natural thinking and natural living, but now there's been a change in our life since we entered the kingdom of God. Once a person is born into the kingdom, they must learn kingdom principles, kingdom laws, and kingdom ways. And where are they going to find those? In the Word Word of God. Praise God. You have to learn to live by the Spirit, and walk by the Spirit, and walk by the Word, and walk by faith in that Word. If they do not, they will always live on a lower level, even though they are, quote, Christians, and they have entered the kingdom of God. All right, go to Second Peter, Chapter One. All right, Second Peter, Chapter One, look at verse, let's start in verse three. It says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Say, I'm called to glory and virtue. Notice you're not called to failure, and you're not called to sickness, you're not called to doubt and unbelief, you're not called to be depressed. You are called to glory and you're called to virtue. "...whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these exceeding great and precious promises you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust." Here it says, once you're born of the kingdom of God you can partake of the divine nature. The divine nature is already on the inside of every born again believer. It was given to you when you entered the kingdom." The divine nature of a child of God receives all the ability that you need in that nature. In you right now you have all the wisdom you need, you have all the authority you need, you have all the power you need, you have everything that you need. You have love in you, you have peace in you, you have joy in you. All those things are on the inside of you in the new nature. Everything that you need for life and for godliness is already on the inside of you. If you will continue to train under the Word of God, you will continue to grow into all that God has called you to be. In other words, the Bible says you can walk in a newness of life. How many of you don't want to walk in your old life? 99.9% of us. We want to walk in a new way of life, and that nature is already on the inside of you. All right, go to First Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 look at verse 2 now he's comparing the natural with the spiritual here he says as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word how many know they do and if they don't get it how many know they get upset as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may do what grow thereby. Notice your growth is due to the word of God. When you got born again and came into the kingdom of God, if you really had an experience with God, there's a hunger on the inside of you to pursue God and pursue God's word in your life. So just like a newborn baby desires milk, you should be desiring milk. And don't ever get to the place where you no longer desire the word of God. When you get to that place, in my opinion, you have backslid or slid back You've got to stay hungry on the Word of God. Even when you're reading it and not really getting much out of it, you should still feed yourself. How many of you know you eat every day? You never forget in 24 hours, say, my gosh, I forgot to eat all day yesterday. No, we're very good at that part of it. So you need to read spiritually and eat spiritually also. As you read the Word of God, you will learn to walk with God in agreement with His Word. Those that walk with the Word walk in agreement with God. Those that are not agreement with the Word are not walking with God. Your dominion only works in agreement. Say, my dominion will only work when I'm in agreement with God's Word. A child of God can be saved while at the same time basically refusing to walk in the Word of God, so they're failing to walk with God. They can be on their way to heaven, but not walking in agreement with the Lord or with his word. Therefore, no dominion or power is manifesting in their life. Your dominion works in agreement with the word. Say, my dominion dominion works 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 in agreement agreement with the word. word. All right, go to 1 John chapter 1. Say, well, how come you're doing that twice? Because I'm trying to emphasize something here. Because your dominion will work as you walk in agreement. All right, first John chapter one, look at verse seven. But if we walk in the light, as he talking about God is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from how much sin. So this tells us right now that fellowship is available with God. You can have sweet fellowship with God, with the Spirit of God, and with Jesus Christ. Fellowship is available to all who've been born into the kingdom of God. The one that walks in the light as He is in the light, will continually be cleansed from all unrighteousness. How many of you know if you know the Word of God and you're walking in agreement with God, you will know when you step out of agreement with God. And what will that do? You'll bring you right back into fellowship with God because you'll be able to sense in your spirit that you're not in line with the Word of God anymore. Look at verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and we do not know the truth. So here we see somebody who might be born again, and basically they're not walking in the light as he is in light, and they still think they have fellowship with him. But the saint that chooses to walk in darkness, as the devil is in darkness, will only have fellowship with darkness. Are you following me? All right, look at verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Those that are in fellowship with the wrong realm, what will they do? They will repent. So that they can move back into fellowship and in righteousness by agreement with God. Now notice, sometimes when we talk about light and darkness, we talk about walking away from God. We always talk about sin because we've been so sin-minded. All being taught is sin, 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 sin. But notice, basically disagreement with God is what separates you from His fellowship. In other words, you could be sinning and not knowing it's wrong and still have fellowship with God until the Spirit of God shows you that it's wrong. Then you need to repent and you need to make a difference. But you've got to walk in agreement. He's talking here about agreement with the Word. So if I'm going to walk in fellowship with God, I must walk in agreement. I must walk in the light of the Word of God as He walks in the light. For me to say, well, I don't know. I'm just so stupid. Nothing ever works out for me. How many know that's not in the Word of God? That's not in agreement with God. What have I done? I'm now walking in darkness. Do you think if you're walking with God, even, even if you could see God and he was walking alongside of you and he said, well, I'm so stupid. I just don't know what I'm doing. He'd probably turn and go the other way because he don't want to hear that stuff. It's just like you when you have some friends who do not know what you know, or don't care to know what you know, and you're walking along and saying, boy, God loves me. Yeah, you don't love me. He never cares for me. He never does anything for me. I mean, you just want to say, oh my gosh, I got to get out of here. My God. You don't even want to have fellowship with that person. Well, it's the same way with God. The only difference is when we have an opinion, we want somebody to agree with us. When God has opinion, it's right. Amen. <laughs> Come on now. I got an opinion and nobody believes you. Well, maybe you're wrong. Maybe you need to change your opinion and line up with their opinion. But with God, how many know it doesn't work that way? Because God knows what He's doing, and God's Word is the truth. So those that are fellowshipping in the wrong realm need to repent, need to start walking in the light as He is in the light. God is not, basically, He's talking now about your daily walk. God may know God's not having problems in His life. He's not going up in heaven saying, oh my gosh, that Pastor Tom, I just don't know what to do with him on earth down there. I just don't know what's going on. No, he doesn't do that kind of stuff, praise God. He walks in the light the whole time. Those who walk in the light are walking the same path of victory and triumph that God himself is walking. This is a day where anyone can take the limits off of God. You can advance fast in God if you want to. It's totally up to you. While others stand by the wayside, you can move forward in God. You can allow Him to change your life in dramatic proportions every single day. You are the one making the decision of growth in your life or not growing in your life. When all is said and done, the fact remains... God has given you the ability to determine your results and your destiny in life. You can walk in your authority, walk in your power, and a walk in agreement with God, and you will go forward all your life. All right, go to Amos chapter 3. The Old Testament, if you're looking in the new, you will never find Amos. You never made it that far, praise God. Amos chapter 3, are you there? Amos chapter 3, look at verse 3. It says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Well, we know the answer is no. So if you were to ask most Christians in the church, you walk up to somebody and say, are you walking with God? They would quickly say, oh yes, I'm a Christian. I'm definitely walking with God. But they do not understand that walking with God is being in agreement with God. If agreement with God was automatic, the Christian would never need to be reproved, rebuked, or corrected. Every kingdom citizen needs to grow in God and live in more righteousness every single day. Now, we talked about righteousness. When you got born again, you were made the righteousness of God in Christ. You were put in right position with God, not but what you did, but what He did for you. So now what you want to do is walk in that righteousness and manifest that righteousness. How do I do that? I do that basically by being in agreement with Him. If He says, I'm anointed, then I say, I'm anointed. If he says, I'm blessed, then I don't care what it looks like, I'm blessed. If he says, I've got authority, then I've got authority. You've just got to continue to agree. Now, how many of you know when things are going real good, agreement is easy? How you doing? Blessed. Hallelujah. How's your finances? Woohoo! doing some good, praise God. Then all at once a little storm comes, and all at once your finances go from here down to here, and somebody says, how you doing financially? woo not very good right now. What did you do? You stepped out of agreement with God. God, as long as you stay in agreement with God, you'll manifest what God has said. So I want to say I'm anointed. Why I want to manifest the anointing. I want to say I've got love and I'm love. What do I want to do? I want to walk in love. I want to say that I have peace on the inside of me. Even then when I don't feel any peace in my life, I'm going to say, praise God, I'm so full of peace. I got the peace that passes all understanding. Thank God it does. So what am I doing? I'm manifesting these things, so I'm staying in agreement. The Bible says the steps of someone who is a righteous man are ordered by who? So the Lord's going to order your steps as long as you're walking in righteousness with Him. People say, I don't know what to do next. Just walk in righteousness. You'll get there. Notice, He doesn't make you run. He doesn't make you sprint. He said the steps. Say the steps. Steps. I mean, those steps are one step at a time. Everybody wants to become a spiritual giant and find out what's going on the next day. No, step by step. By step. If you got a call of God on your life, you're going to take one step at a time till you get to that place where God wants you to get. You just don't advance there that quick. So the steps. Say the steps. So divine results are available to those who operate in the power of faith and agreement with God's Word. Faith that is received but not released in authority is dead faith. When you hear the Word of God, simply agree with God. Say, that Word's talking to me. That word's talking to me. That word's talking to me. Look, it says, uh, I've got more than a conqueror. Well, that word's talking to me. It says, I shall tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil. He must have wrote that to me. If I was the only one there, he must have wrote that to me. See, but our problem is with our minds, we want to credit that to someone else and not ourselves. But notice, he's speaking to you. So stay in agreement with God's Word, and you will walk with God. Say, when I'm in agreement with God's Word, I am walking with God. All right, go to Joshua chapter 1. I mean, no, most of the church doesn't want to walk with God. They don't want to be in agreement with God. They'd rather be in disagreement with God than agreement with God. You walk into any of the local churches right here and you say, I have a testimony. They call you up front and you say, I just want everybody to know I'm just so righteous and holy and I'm just so full of the anointing of God and I've got so much power on the inside of me and authority. I'm just thrilled with the Lord Jesus Christ. And after they kick you out... I don't know what will happen next. See, because people don't think that way. They, they don't do that way. We, we've preached already, and people have stood up in the middle of my preaching already and rebuked me, praise God, for saying I'm righteous. And what do they say? Pride comes before the fall. Well, it wasn't pride to begin with. It was agreeing with God's word and believing what He did for me on the cross of Calvary. So you've got to do that. Are you going to suffer persecution? Only the ones who live godly. Come on, I never suffer persecution. Well, pretty obvious. See, you're going along with the flow of everybody else. They say this, you go along, they say that, you go along. You want to be liked by everybody. I'll tell you what, if you're going to do this with the Word of God, you're not going to be liked by everybody because everybody not agreeing with what you're agreeing with. But I'd rather walk with God than anybody else. All right, Joshua chapter 1. Look at verse 8. This is when Joshua took over from Moses and inherited about 3 million people. I mean, you know, he needs some advice. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good, what? Success. Success. Now here it says, The only way to observe all that is written in this book is to meditate on the word day and night. In other words, you've got to spend time rehearsing the word, studying the word, looking at the word. If you give the word first place in your life, In every area of your life, it will make your way prosperous and give you good success. Now notice, who's going to make you prosperous and successful? Is it God? No, you make your way prosperous, you have good success. So people who aren't succeeding and aren't prosperous want to blame God. When God has nothing to do with it whatsoever, it's entirely up to us what we're going to do. Are we going to get in the Word? Are we going to be in agreement with the Word? So hearing the Word and believing the Word will put you in a place of agreement with the Word of God. You are now in a place to use your authority and faith to knock down every lying suggestion that comes from the devil into your mind. This is why the Bible tells you that you need to fight the good fight, of faith. The devil may lie to you. Well, let me just change that. The devil will lie to you, but the child of God has power to fight and win every single time. You can win 100% of the time. Those who fight with the Word of God will always have a testimony, praise God, because they know the victories in the Word of God. The strategy of the enemy remains the same since the beginning. Has God said? Has God said. Has God said you're anointed? Has He really said you're going to get some money? Has He really said you're healed? Has He really said? He's always questioning God's Word in your mind. If He can get you out of agreement with God's Word, He can ascend to the throne of your life in that situation. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. All right, Second Corinthians chapter 10, I think we were here last week. Look at verse 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, we already know that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down strongholds. Where are these strongholds? They're in our minds, aren't they? It's what we think. So, we need to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts or disagrees against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So during your daily walk you are going to run into things that come into your mind that are not in line with the Word of God. Situations, circumstances, people. You have to decide whether to agree with those things or stay in agreement with the Word of God. The enemy is after your agreement with God. He knows if the child of God will think like he thinks they will walk like he walks in darkness. His methods have never changed, and they never will. He will launch a thought at your mind. If you start to think on it a little bit, pretty soon you will get into fear. You'll end up in worry, condemnation, sickness, and disease. Not knowing enough to rebuke the thought, you allow its influence to start influencing your life. Don't believe the devil. Don't listen to the devil. Extinguish every fiery dart and the Word of God. If the devil can get you out of agreement with the word, you will participate in the devil's results in your life. Do not allow him to meddle in your feelings and your emotions. How I many you know he loves to go to these areas? He wants your feelings to rule your life, not the Word of God. He wants your emotions to rule your life, not the Word of God. That's why He'll make sure you spend enough time feeding all this garbage into your mind. And even if it's not terribly bad, it can still influence your thought life. I mean, people are there, and they used to watch soap operas all the time. And, you know, Betty likes John, and John don't like Betty. And Betty's going out with Jill, and Jill's running around here. And before, you, you don't even know which way to turn on the things. And if you watch that stuff long enough, all at once all your husband comes home late, and all at once you say... Well, Betty didn't. John didn't come home. He came home late, and he was out with somebody. And I'm up, and my husband could be out with somebody right now too. And he calls him and said, "I'm working late." Oh yeah, sure you are. Sure, let me check your check when you get it to see if there's any overtime on your check. And your husband did absolutely nothing but go to work and do a little bit more and try to make a little money for you, but yet in your mind, so you've been trained, as this is what happened on it, has the stomach turns, praise God, and this is what I'm (laughs) going to do, praise, see all this stuff, it comes in suggesting things to you, it's showing you things, it's revealing things to you, you've got to rebuke them, sometimes you need to talk to your TV set, I'll come up with one of those, and a new drug, we got a new drug right here, praise God. I'll say, well, it's going to be good for somebody, but I ain't ever going to need that thing. Don't make any difference to me. So you can have the thing, praise God. Hallelujah. So you have to resist the devil, and what happens? He He will flee. All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. All right, now we're going to talk about TCVC a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, look at verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Notice here it says that Paul basically is praying that they all speak and think the same thing. When you get a body of believers who speak the same thing, they will contend together as one. When united in one accord, there is no room for division, no room for the devil to work, just godly agreement by the people. In agreement, God can work powerfully. That's where signs, wonders, and miracles take place. Agreement with the Word is a catalyst for miracles. Absence of agreement stops the dominion flow in a body. Without perfect agreement, little will be accomplished according to the will of God. Disagreement says, devil, I'm granting you access to rob me of all the good things that God has done for me. And of course, Jesus said, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. God wants His people to think and talk and act like Him. When a believer steps into agreement with the Lord in word and deed, all things become possible for that people. The Christian is entitled to their views as long as they are the Lord's views. God is not pleased with division in anybody. If there is any division, it is a work of darkness. God is the author of peace and agreement in His Word. This is why God has given us a mandate for church. We are to train up people with one mind and one way of looking. That is God's Word. Therefore, we will grow up as mature sons and daughters of God, and we can contend together in agreement in any situation. Where there is agreement, there is power. Hallelujah. That's why as a church leader, sometimes when people go, people basically probably need to go. Are you following me? They won't come where I want to go. In other words, they won't believe what I want to believe. They won't... And a lot of people basically get mad and leave simply because what we teach here and what i teach here doesn't manifest in their life so when it doesn't manifest in their life they naturally get mad at me because it's better they get mad at me than god are you following me so whether it's healing or, or prosperity we preach a lot of prosperity here patrick preaches on it for months at a time somebody comes they tithe and after three weeks they didn't get their 200 million dollars that they were expecting from their tithe and then they get mad at the church and mad at me and say god's word don't work and that doesn't work and i don't know why they teach that stuff and they're just fanatic on finances and pretty soon they go out the back door well we just got to pray that they go someplace where they get enough milk to come to a place where they can then get some meat and eat the thing and find out what's going on in their life so sometimes people leave i believe right now we've had people enough here, going through the class and everything else, well, we've got certain amount of agreement here in this body. We're not a big body, but I'll tell you what, if you walk up to somebody and say, oh, I think God put sickness on me, you better duck. Because he's probably going to get knocked down before it's over with. Why is that? Because we all believe. We all know that that doesn't come from God. We all know that's from the devil. We all know we got power and authority over that stuff. We have, and they, they'll grab your hand, stand with you against that stuff. Why is that? Because we've become of one mind. Now, new people have come in here. It's easier for them to become one mind because we're all one mind. They're not wondering what we believe. They know what we believe. All they got to do is talk to any of you people, and they're going to know what you believe, basically. And what's that doing? It's building one heart and one mind, which together, unity, allows the power of God to operate. Operate in a body. That's why the power of God is here. We can lay hands any day of the week and people are going to fall down into the power and they're going to get touched. I can tell you that right now. But then if you do that all the time, some people get used to it. Some people just say, well, there he goes again, laying hands on. Did it every single week, you know. But that's not what it is. You've got to understand that the Spirit of God desires to move all the time. He wants to move. He will move, especially where there's unity in a place like this. So praise God, we should expect, if you need a miracle, you should expect to get one here. I mean, if you need need something from someone, just go up and ask them, praise God. That's why I don't have to deal with so many people calling me and wondering what to do because I got you. You see, if they want to do something, most people don't want to go to the, the pastor anyway, so they'll go to you, but you're going to give them the same advice that I gave them anyway. So what's the difference who gives them the advice? Are you following me? So it works out that way. Some pastors haven't taught their congregations nothing, so they got a half hour here meeting here, then a half hour, then a half hour, then a half hour, and they're booked all day long, and they're so tired when they get done, they don't even have time to read the Word of God. Well, I've got people here who can answer the question, if you got one, praise God, you don't even have to come to me. Now, you can, but there's other people in this body that's going to give you the same answer, and I don't have to work one of people who's been born and grown up here to put them behind the pulpit because they're not going to come up with some wild thing out there. No, they know what we believe. They've been through the classes. They understand what we believe here. They're going to talk in agreement. The only thing is the way they talk comes from a different angle maybe than I talk. And all at once you will say, ah, why didn't pastor ever preach that? And then you go back and listen to the tapes and you'll find I've been preaching for five years. But the way it was brought to you was different. It came in a side door. It came in a front door. It came in a back door. And i want going to oh, say, I got it finally. There it is. Why is that? Because there's anointing on everybody to get that message into different people. That's why Wednesday nights are important. Sometimes we have Wednesday nights after I stop the class and everybody, well, why should I come on Wednesday night? I'll tell you why I should come because some of these people got an anointing and you need to hear what they got to say. And you haven't been getting it, but they'll break it down for you. I mean, we've got teachers here who teach. Break it down. Hebrew, Greek, uh, Latin, uh, tongues, whatever they got, and we got some people who don't teach, they preach, praise God, how many know we need both, we need all of them, you need to be jacked up and kicked every now and then, then you need to be taught while you're healing, and then you need kicked again, and then you need taught again, it's all part of God's plan in your life, praise God, hallelujah, and how many know it's a good plan, all right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, let's look at verse 14. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God because they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are what? Spiritually discerned. So here it's talking about a natural man. A natural man does not grant access to the things of the Spirit of God. Those that are naturally minded, have not been taught on the Word of God or not growing in the Word of God cannot receive the things which are spiritually discerned. Look at verse 15. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have what? What? The mind of Christ. So the spiritual man is one who's been feeding on the Word of God, been sitting under the teachings of the Lord, he's been under the anointing of God, and they've investigated and they found the will of God in their life. They've searched the Word of God, they're walking according to the mind of the Lord. In other words, they're thinking just like the Lord would think. The mind of Christ is the Word of God. If you really want to know what God thinks, then simply read His Word. Here it says, But we have the ability to operate in the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ, but you can never use it your entire life. Simply stay natural. There's people out there who's been born again, came into the kingdom of God, never read the Word of God, and they think exactly like they thought before they got born again. In every situation, they're thinking the same. Well, there's no spiritual growth there. There'll be no further revelation there. God says, walk this way. If you're in the Word of God, you will follow His voice. You will follow His voice, and He'll lead you where? Into prosperity. He'll lead you into peace. He'll lead you into joy. He'll lead you into health. He'll lead you into all truth. Some people think He leads you into every catastrophe. He does not. He's not trying to teach you through catastrophe. He's trying to have you avoid catastrophe and stay in the Word of God during catastrophe and come out on the other side of catastrophe when it does come, but it doesn't come from Him. People want to know the secret of your success someday. Your simple answer will be, I walk with God. Well, how do you know you walk with God? Do you have a goosebump? No. Have you seen Him? No. How do you know you walk with God? I agree with God. I'm in agreement with His Word. I stay in agreement with His Word all the time. Therefore, agreement with God is the secret to your success. Say, agreement with God is the secret secret. to my success. All right, go to Philippians chapter 1. few years ago when the recession was hitting and and everybody didn't lost their jobs and everything was getting bad and people weren't making any money and churches were panicking all over how I many you know when people don't make money they don't tithe and when they don't tithe money's going to get tight and pastors started calling other pastors and say how you holding up in the middle of the recession how are you doing in the middle of the recession how are you doing in the middle of the recession and a couple guys called me and said how are you doing in the middle of the recession i said i chose not to partake I said, "What? I chose not to partake in the recession. I just decided I'd stay in the Word of God. But what are you going to do? I ain't going to do nothing. I'm just going to stay on the Word of God and let God do what He promised to do But are you going to do some gimmick? Are you going to put your face on a coffee cup and give it out for ten dollars a piece? And I thought, well, no, probably people won't buy it anyway. So that'd be stupid. What's what's the sense of me doing that for God's sakes? No, I'm going to stay on the Word of God. Hallelujah! All right, Philippians chapter one. Thank you, Ben." for you then, (laughs) praise God. You get a discount. (laughs) Glory to God. Somebody likes my cup. All right, Philippians chapter 1, look at verse 27. Only let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel or the good news of Christ, that whether I come to see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, "...with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation, and that is of God." Now here it's talking about your conversation. Say conversation. God wants His children to put His good news in their mouth at all times. Those that will speak His report will see heaven validate His words in their mouth those that will agree with the word of God and confess it will partake of the fruits of their confession those who speak words that do not agree with the gospel will open the door of dominion and darkness to the devil there is a power in the words that you speak on a daily basis the power is consistent with the words spoken whether it's God's power or the power of darkness the words will affect either one depending on what your words are What is heard will become what is meditated on. What is meditated on will eventually find its way into action in your life. It will produce decisions that are in agreement with what was first heard. So you need to speak words of life. And the Bible tells you to guard your heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it flows the issues of life. Here he says, only let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel of Christ. In other words, speak as it becomes a believer. Speak in line with the good news. There is a certain vocabulary that should be in your lips all the time. Anything other than the vocabulary of God is not becoming to the kingdom lifestyle. If you remember in Ephesians, Paul said, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good for edification that it may minister grace to the hearer. Notice, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. So what do we want to do? We want to speak words that build others up in ourself. Words in agreement with the word of God at all times. There's power in your spoken word on a daily basis. Those who put the good news in their mouth are putting the deutimous power in their mouth. They will see God results in their life. How can you tell if somebody's speaking the word of God all the time? You will notice they are always stable in peace and in joy. If they're not, they're up one day, down the next day. Up one day depending on the circumstances and situations. But once you discover the word of God and you just stay there, you stay stable and you don't lose the peace of God very often. So stand fast, he says, in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel when you get in agreement with the vision of God for your family you want to get in the vision of God for your finances you want to get in his vision for your health for life, for your plans and for your purpose so what am I going to do? I'm going to study what he says about my kids I'm going to raise my kids the way they be, should be raised I saw, what did I see, it on Facebook or something somebody put that thing today that said uh, we cannot raise our kids like our parents did because things have changed in the world and I told Becky if we'd finally raise our kids like our parents did we wouldn't have these problems in the world to begin with praise god if they get the stick back out and use it like they should have to begin with and they and they do what they're supposed to be doing i mean just because the atmosphere changes the word of god doesn't change it says spare the rod hate your child i don't care what it looks like out here that's what my bible says so what am i going to do when i when our kids were lo- young i loved my kids i loved them loved them whenever i needed to love them i loved them praise god and now I'm glad I did praise God because they've grown up to know right from wrong and what they're supposed to do and what they're not supposed to do so you've got to search these things out in my marriage I search things out I find out what I should do how I should do how to be patient how to be happy how to be joyful how to understand my wife better and better I mean that wisdom still needs to come still needs to grow Sometimes it's hard to understand each other and what's going on, praise God. But all these things, if you're called to ministry, then I want to I I study Paul. I want to see what he went through. And some of the stuff he went through will drive you right back out of ministry. Do you know that? <laughs> you're going to start getting bit by snakes and then get thrown off a ship and everything else. You're thinking, maybe this ministry isn't such a great idea, praise God. I don't know. Hallelujah. So how does the devil rob you of your destiny? How does he rob you of your family? Basically, he does it through the confessions of your mouth, basically allowing him to get into your life and do what he wants to do. It is the devil's best entrance to pressure the believer to become disgruntled and discouraged with what's going on in their life. The one that will think thoughts of discord and speak words of disagreement will derail their own lives. Through the power of their own vocabulary, they will stop what is meant to lead them into victory what's meant to lead them into health and to wealth so basically you don't want to talk sad talk depressed talk, down and out talk if you're sad, depressed or down and out chances are you thought and talked your way into that place but the best part about it is now you can talk your way out of that place if you talked your way into that place All right, go to James chapter 3 Alright, James chapter 3, look at verse 1, deals with the tongue and the mouth. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be great, And are driven by fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, it boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, it is a world of iniquity. So the tongue among our members, that it defiles our whole body, and sets on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of itself. Now these are pretty strong words here, but we, let's go to the ship part. Great ships basically are directed by a small rudder. You move the rudder and the big ship will go whatever direction you do. The one navigating the rudder will choose the coordinates. He will navigate the direction of that ship. It's totally up to him. The tongue, although it's very small, directs the course of your life in every single area. It navigates your path. Your words determine your destination. If you arrive at your destination, that is less than God's best. It's only because you did not speak God's coordinates of His Word of God in your life to get you where you wanted to go financially, in friendships, in marriage, and everything in your life. Look at verse 1 again. My brethren, be not many masters or teachers knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. I mean, know, oh, that's a very scary verse. That's why basically also here, we only put people up here from this body most of the time because I know what they believe. I don't want to put some teacher up there who believes something completely opposite of what we believe here from the outside. They teach something that's not lined up. Then I've got to spend three weeks to straighten everybody back out again because they taught something. So it's very important that you study for yourself. You stay under the Word. And if you're going to teach, know what the heck you're talking about when it's time to teach. Hallelujah. All right, go to Genesis chapter 11. I should have scared most of you out of teaching probably right there. So, No, no problem. Ben can still teach. He's going to buy my cup. (laughs) All right, Genesis chapter 11, look at verse 1. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeying from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, Go to, let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime they had for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach into heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people, they are one, and they have all one language. And this they began to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may understand one another's speech. Now notice, this is a complete opposite here of what's going on in the world today. It's the devil coming now to confound your language. Back then it was God coming to confound their language. Are you following the type and shadow? So having one language or one speech here, the people came together. They wanted to build a tower which is called Babel. When the Lord came down to see their work, He said, Behold, the people is one. In other words, every one of them thought and spoke the same thing. God said, let us go down and confound their language. Notice He didn't burn them up, He didn't kill them, He didn't destroy the city. He simply confounded or mixed up their language. God brought diversity to their language and they ceased to contend as one unit. The tower remained unbuilt. They all had one language. Now nothing will be restrained from them to do." Now even though they were doing something that God didn't want them to do, they were building a tower basically that He didn't want them to do, even though they had all one language, how many of you know if they just stayed one language, they would have completed what they started to do. Well this is an indication for us now, if we can have one language in our daily lives and in a church body, then nothing will be restrained from us to do it. So there's power in agreement. Say there's power in agreement. If God's people will think and talk the same thing, nothing will be withheld from them. If you will contend as one with the word, nothing will be impossible for you. All right, go to Psalm 133. You can even see sometimes in the Bible, which is sort of interesting, when... when the musicians got together, and all, once they all they all played, and they all played one sound, it says. Now how that works, I don't really know how it works. But when they played one sound, something happened. And that wasn't people talking, that was just simply sounds from instruments that became one. And once it became one, once again, it opened the door for God to do something in that area of their life. So if musical instruments can cause God to do something powerfully, how many know that people... Who are kings and priests in the kingdom of God. Who are in one language can cause things to do pretty good. And everybody give me video. All right, Psalm 133. Look at verse 1. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in what? It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Here it shows you a blessing was commanded where, where brethren dwell together in unity. It is at this place of agreement that the anointing flows down from the head to the toe. When there is a breach in agreement, the anointing will be short circuited. Agreement is a prerequisite for the anointing, and the anointing is a prerequisite for the blessings of God in everybody's life. Agreement produces results. Say agreement. agreement. Produces Produce. results. Produce. If one will put a thousand to flight and two will put ten thousand to flight, then corporate agreement will form a barrier against the devil in that situation. When an agreement is broken for any reason, a breach is created and gives access to the enemy. For this reason, the husband and the wife should not let the sun go down on their anger. Why? Because there's disunity there and it allows the devil in their situation. God does not want the devil to take advantage of any of his children. This is why he tells the child of God to walk in love and in agreement. Where there are divisions and disagreements, the power of God and the authority of God does not work. All right, go to 1 Peter. I many if you want to live a good life the rest of your days that you're here. Yeah. Hallelujah. How I many you want to enjoy life while you're here? Amen. I'm going to show you how then. First Peter chapter 3. Look at verse 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. Do not render evil for evil or railing for railing, but counterwise blessing. "'Knowing that you thereunto, you shall inherit a blessing. "'For he that will love life,' say, that's me. Yes. "'And see, good days, say, that's me. Yes. "'Let him refrain his tongue from evil "'and his lips that they speak no deceit or guile. "'Let him askew evil and do good. "'Let him speak seek peace and ensue it. "'For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous "'and his ears are open to their prayers.' but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil." Now, in your life, it doesn't matter who you are or where you are, whether in the ministry or not, at some point in your life, you are going to run into somebody who wrongly treats you. It's just the way it's going to work. Injustices will take place in your life. People will get mad at you for no obvious reason. People will talk to you about you for no obvious reason. You have the power, though, to rise above them. Do not hold grudges, do not hold offenses, do not walk in unforgiveness. Do not allow an offense to short-circuit your connection with heaven and with the Spirit of God. When you stand praying, the Bible tells you to do what? Forgive if you have ought against another one. Do not count the times that you have been wrong and go over them again and again and again. Do not continually testify to situations that went bad. Do not render evil for evil. There is no one who can stop you from agreeing with God's Word but you." Nobody can force you to do it. Nobody can make you do it. If you return good for evil and speak according to the mind of Christ, you will participate in the inheritance of the saints. You will inherit a blessing and you will have a good life. Do not let the devil rob you of your blessing that you are called to inherit. Those that get robbed are those who return evil for evil and railing for railing. Basically, like Patrick would say, you will reap what you sow. All right, look at verse 10. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Those that will love life and see good days, now this is stated in a future tense, what you speak then will affect your future, won't it? Your words will shape your destiny, won't they? Those that speak evil will end up hating life. Their confession will precede their experience. Let him refrain or stop his tongue from speaking evil. Keep your mind in line with God because what you think will eventually get in your mouth. When a thought comes that isn't from the Lord, recognize it as spiritual warfare. <clears throat> recognize it as a fiery dart and cast it down. When you contend for agreement with God, nothing will be held, withheld from you. You need to learn to stand your ground. Do not allow the devil through suggestions and thoughts rob you. He would like to rob you of the love of this life and good days but if you resist him he will flee. It's amazing when we, when we were younger we did a lot of different things. I went to the, the uh, prison one day a week and we did a prayer meeting one day a week and we used to go into the nursing home when our kids were real small. We used to take them in there sort of a retirement home or whatever and you went in there and you'd visit with the older people who were in there and we do a little skit or whatever and we try to sing a song and apparently they couldn't hear because they enjoyed it anyway and everything was going good. But, but so, so many people in there that you talk to were still so angry. It's something to happen to them. when They were like 12 years old. They'd be going, oh, they mistreated me. They just were so bad to me. They, I said, I'm sorry that happened. When did that happen? She's like 89. When I was 12, I'm thinking, dear God. 12 years old. And you've been meditating on this since you were 12. Now you're 82. You've had 70 years to grow that. Big plan on the inside of you, and I don't I don't want to be here anymore. I don't I would rather die. I don't love life. I don't I can see why you don't love life, because you've held on to that for a long time. Don't be a miserably old Christian. Be a joyful old Christian, praise God, because you're speaking the right things in line with the Word of God, showing people that you can have a good time no matter how old you are, or what's going on in your life, whether people talk about you or whether they don't. It, you've got to guard your heart, man, with all diligence in the day that we're living in, even on things outside right now. There's so much going on stay in agreement with the word of god jerry Seville taught me one time he said one of the most powerful things you can learn is a vocabulary of silence in other words if you get in a situation where you just want to give your opinion and say something just shut up hmm. what do you think about hmm? what do you think about susie you know she did this and she wore that to church what do you think about her hmm. what do you think What are you doing? You're protecting yourself, praise God. You're staying out of it. You're, you're keeping your life happy. You're staying in joy, praise God. And you're allowing the power of God to work in your life. Hallelujah. Say, as of this night, as of this night I decide, I decide to, keep to keep my authority and my power, and my power, and my power at, full tilt. at full tilt. I choose, I choose to, agree to agree with God's Word with God's in word. my speech, in my, in my thinking. In my Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit I, give right I give you the right to correct me Every time time I think think or step out of line line with the Word of God, God. I will repent repent and walk back in the light light as He is in the light light because I have a desire desire to to walk with God. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God.